Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news uh, and analysis. And uh, before we get to our great co-host, I just want to remind everybody that all Vegas Nation podcasts, including First and Ten, are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and brought to you by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Sam Gordon, a lot going on uh, with the Raiders, a lot about ready to get going on uh, with the Raiders. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Vinny. The, the, uh, I guess this what the last weekend before football right i mean camp starts next week we're gonna have football for the next uh six to seven months after that and it's a fantastic time of the year couldn't come at a better time um considering you know the the you know where we're at in the sports calendar um right now so definitely excited for uh for training camp next week and for the nfl at large as well how you doing i'm doing good and i'm down for all of those things uh sam gordon uh the question is is Josh Jacobs down for training camp right now? And uh, I'm going to say no, uh, he's not. And we're going to definitely get into that. Uh, but I guess to recap uh, for everybody, uh, Sam, um, remember Josh Jacobs uh, coming out the fabulous season that he had. Uh, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs tried to uh, hammer out uh, a long-term deal uh, in uh, before he was eligible to hit f- uh, free agency. We're going all the way back to last March now. Uh, in order to protect themselves, uh, uh, knowing that they, they they still wanted Josh Jacobs, they applied the franchise tag to him at a worth of ten point oh nine million dollars, uh, with the you know hopefulness uh, on both sides that uh, that they would use that time between March and uh, what ultimately was Monday, uh, the uh, July seventeenth, to try to work out a new deal. Um, the deadline on the seventeenth being if. They can't come to terms on a long-term deal. Then uh, all negotiations and all possibilities of, of a new contract or a new multi-year contract gets pushed to the wayside and pushed to next year, uh, next March, uh, I should say. And that Josh uh, would have to play this season under the franchise tag of ten point oh nine million dollars. Um, and so that's that's kind of where we are. And right now, as of right now, Josh still hasn't signed his uh, $10.9 million franchise tag designation. I don't think he's going to be at training camp. Uh, although, and we'll get into this, Sam, I, I do think he shows up toward the back end of training camp, gets himself ready for the season and plays uh, health permitted uh, every game this season. What do you think? Uh, I think that's probably the way this is going, Vinny. And just, you know, uh, an aside, um, not camp, not at all surprised that we're here, uh, of course. And this is something, of course, we've litigated on previous podcasts, but the nature of the business of the NFL, the running back position, uh, its value in, in the modern era has changed. That's the reality of it. And also Josh Jacobs is arguably the best running back in the league coming off a career season. So he, he, they, the, the two parties have a very different perception of their respective value. Totally understandable. Get where both sides are coming from, and here we are moving forward. As it pertains to how this training camp looks, yeah, I mean, like he has no incentive to be there until the very end, right? You're not because he hasn't signed that tender. You know, he's not getting fined or anything like that. He's technically not a member of the organization. Technically, doesn't have a job right now, so you can't find him for money that he's not making. And he's a professional, right? We know that he's gonna. I, I have no doubt that he's gonna stay in shape and, and is in top condition. And whenever he does, if and when he does decide to report. Um, we'll be in top condition and, and the end of training camp would make sense. Get, you know, get some reps, just get, brush up, get, get familiar 
and, and then with his position, be able to kind of step right in uh, week one. So, yeah, I, I can't see him. I mean, what, what are the alternatives, Vinny, right? Not playing football this year, not making the $10.1 million. We just heard Le'Veon Bell come out publicly and say he wished he would have stayed in Pittsburgh. He was kind of the one guy who held out, didn't play on the franchise tag, went into free agency, got paid, but was never the same player afterwards sitting out a year. So $10.1 million is still a lot of money. Uh, that offer is still on the table for Josh Jacobs. I, I would be surprised if, if he did not show up and play on the tender and, and, you know, stay healthy and then have a chance to cash in next year where there will be some teams that could use his services. So kind including of the Raiders, including the Raiders. Right. So kind of a precarious spot for all the parties, but not surprised one bit that that both parties are here. Makes sense that the Raiders want to approach things how they are. And it totally makes sense that Josh Jacobs wants long term security. Uh, we'll see what that means for training camp. But, yeah, there's no reason that we should see him uh, until the very end. Right, exactly. And 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 here's where um, you have to think logically. And I know that there's fans that are like, you know, mad that the Raiders didn't sign Josh Jacobs. And I understand that emotion. Uh, obviously, players or fans have their their favorite players. They want to see Josh Jacobs in a Raiders uniform for as long as possible. Uh, but this is where you have to take the emotion out of it and look at things practically. If you're Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, let's say let's say just for argument's sake, you know, uh, there was 20 million dollars on the table for him. Right guaranteed money let's just say that that was the case right um and for whatever reason uh and and to my understanding it really had nothing to do with necessarily the how much guaranteed money it was there were some structural things uh that uh that 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 really you know were the were the uh the the part that the team and and the and, and josh jacobs couldn't quite you know uh, uh cover and and close the gap on so but let's just say for argument's sake that it was $20 million guaranteed. Um, I think it was a little bit more than that. That's just my opinion. All right. Um, so let's say he has a great year, right? Uh, and let's say he comes back to the table next year after this great season. Uh, and let's say at the very least, Sam, that same $20 million guaranteed is back on the table, okay? He's 25 years old. He'll be 26 at that point. That's still not a, a you know, a... Uh, a, a, too much of a concerning age for a running back. And you feel like if you're the Raiders, you know, maybe you can still get another couple of good years out of him. All right. So let's say that $20 million is going to be on the table for him next year or something close to it. Right. Um, when you add in the $10 million he would have made this year, that means $30 million guaranteed. Right. Am I, my math is correct on that. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Whereas let's say he sits this season out, doesn't get that $10 million comes back to somebody's bargaining table and gets a $20 million guaranteed, you know, 20 million guaranteed to me, that's $10 million less than he, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense just to not take that $10 million that's there right here for you, revisit it and, and maybe try to add onto that $10 million with another $20 million rather than just to start off with $20 million and your $10 million um, uh, with, with $10 million less in your bank account. Am I crazy for thinking no, that what you're saying? There's a little bit, you know, he goes out there, has a healthy season, does similar to what he did last year. There, there might be more money for him on a table. You don't have to necessarily worry about the franchise tag thing. and can maybe feel different offers and have a little bit more leverage. So I uh, no, you're not at all. And, and again, Vinny, 10 million, $10 million is still $10 million. He signs the tender again, Totally understandable why, why players don't like the franchise tag and don't want to play on it, but it's still the, the aggregate, you know, what he's going to make is still a lot of money compared to what others are paid at, at his position at this point in time. And it's, again, the reality of the situation. Uh, but 
if he has another, you know, another big time season, he's going to put himself in the position for another payday. So that 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 is definitely on the table. I, I, one thing I'm curious about, and we're not going to necessarily know this again, Vinny. There's something we talked about kind of previously as it pertains is, you know, Josh, like the, the kind of the, some of the big picture stuff. Josh Jacobs, a captain, a leader in the locker room, one of the most well respected players uh, in, in the locker room on the team. Like, I, I you know, it's. I think there's definitely an understanding that the NFL is a business from all the parties involved. We know this. The players know this. The teams know this. You have, you do have to remove the emotion out of it. At the same time, football can be an emotional game. So I, what I'm wondering is, you know, will there be any kind of after effects? I'm not necessarily saying there will or won't be, but it's it's definitely an element of this entire thing beyond just kind of the, the, the finances for both parties that I wonder if it's going to have any effect as camp gets started. I mean, not seeing him in the backfield, that's going to be a pretty conspicuous you know, absence for everybody involved, right? How do you think that him not being there affects the tenor of training camp early on? Well, I think um, him not being there in terms of how that impacts the other players, uh, like like they understand his position, okay? Absolutely. So, so I think that they can wrap their head ar- around that. I think the other part of it is, um, you know, will there be players that hold it against the Raiders that he's not there? Um I man, I've been around, I've been doing this for so long, man. Um, players try not to get into other players' business when it comes to the money, and yep. um, it's just not a it's not a healthy place necessarily to be in because you know when you start going down that path, you start talking, you start thinking about man, that guy makes this amount of money, I make this amount of money, um, you know, and it's it's there for everybody to see, and if you focus on it you can see how there would be a little bit of resentment that could get started. Number one on that end of it. Um, uh, number two, that's his business, not my business. I'm just trying to make my money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yep, like yep. They, each player is, are going to focus on what their job is and where they belong in the whole cog of things uh, and how, and how that can affect for themselves, you know, their financials. So I don't know. I think that, you know, when you, when you get to this stage, Unless maybe you're a younger player and, you know, uh, you could that, that could be heavy on your mind. But I think as a veteran player and veteran players, you know, they, they've seen it all by this point. You know, if you're Max Crosby, all the teammates that you've seen come and go, if you're whoever, you know, Devontae Adams, he had his own situation in Green Bay. I think players have a way of being able to put things in perspective so that they don't – there's no resentment toward toward their teammate or toward their team. Um, and, and at least none that's going to challenge – or affect their professionalism and how they play. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, you know, kind of what I wanted to get to is, look, Josh Jacobs isn't going to be there for all the reasons we just named, totally understandable from both parties, but the show will go on, right? So now you're going to see these carries, these reps that he would be getting in training camp divvied up uh, amongst uh, uh, different running backs, guys that are going to have an opportunity. Uh, you'd think even if Josh, even if and when Josh Jacobs comes back, an opportunity to, to have a little bit bigger role in the offense moving forward, kind of get a head start at that. So definitely, I think, you know, just an interesting dynamic and one that we're seeing kind of playing out around the NFL, obviously New York, Saquon Barkley uh, with his situation, Tony Pollard going to play under the franchise tag, kind of sees where, where, where this was all going. So uh, it's just a super interesting uh, kind of inflection point for the running backs at large and obviously affecting things here with the Raiders. But like you said, the show goes on so many other elements to training camp um, that that be, that begin next week. What what else are you kind of looking at as it pertains to where the Raiders are and, and what this thing is going to look like sans Josh Jacobs when everything gets going next week? Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. 
with 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Yeah, well, I think you go right to the quarterback, Jimmy G. And I think we're going to find out pretty quickly here. Um, I think he he probably, you know, uh, gets in on Sunday. The report date is Monday. So somewhere between, you know, Sunday, Monday-ish, late Monday-ish, probably going to have a pretty good idea of, of Jimmy G's health status, you know, and, and to kind of give the backstory, not that nobody – not that anybody doesn't know this, but uh, just for those who might be jumping into the party a little bit late, but Jimmy G had a uh, had a foot injury uh, that he suffered in December of last season. Uh, by the time he signed with the Raiders, um, he wasn't able to. Um, well, what they figured out was that uh, he needed to uh, to get some cleanup surgery done, um, and that prevented him from from participating in OTAs and minicamp. Now he has to clear a, a, a physical coming off that surgery. Uh, his his salary and everything is is tied into uh, to his ability to do so, uh, and so we're going to find out. You know, come Tuesday, did Jimmy G pass that physical, or if there's still some some uh, lingering uh, issues with the foot, and does that mean that he's not going to be able to start training camp, and will that threaten his season? So all of that is on the table, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get some hopefully some answers here uh, pretty soon. Well, that I mean, yeah, that just kind of the other cloud that's been kind of lingering over the offseason what what is that going to what is it what is his health situation going to look like and what can that mean for the Raiders offense I think Vinny like like we touched on if, if Jimmy G is healthy and and, and is going to be in the fold this year this is an offense with especially with Josh Jacobs if and when he comes back playing on a tender I think can have a real rhythm to it you have I think versatility in terms of the playmakers on the perimeter you would have you'd be anchored by one of the league's best running games uh, you know in theory and also an offensive line that's improved, but without Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, how much does any of that come kind of come into play? I think it, it depending on his health, you know, again, I'm not saying that anything that's not glaringly obvious, but the season takes on a totally kind of different trajectory if he's not necessarily in the fold. So definitely looking forward to kind of getting some answers and some clarity on on where he is when we see him next week, if, if and when we yeah. see him. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I think in his case, um, and Tyree Wilson, remember the rookie from Texas Tech mm-hmm. coming off his own foot injury, uh, you know, uh, at Texas uh, at Texas Tech late in his, uh, his last se- uh, year there, um, you know, he, he wasn't able to go during OTAs and, and minicamp as well because of that foot injury. Um, so uh, his status right now is a little bit up in the air. But in either case, um, I, you know, if I was a Raider fan, I wouldn't necessarily freak out, um, if either player, you know, maybe had to start the season on the, uh, physically unable to perform list. And, and, you know, we're talking about Tyree, you know, here's a guy that hasn't been full go, um, on a football field since last November. Um, how realistic would it be just to, or how prudent would it be just to throw him out there unabated first day of training camp, just, just to say that he was out there first day at training camp, whereas maybe a little bit of a ramp up period might be needed, uh, which you could do when he's on the physically unable to perform list uh, off to the side, doesn't have to necessarily practice with, he wouldn't have to practice with the season with the, with the, with the rest of the team can kind of get his endurance up, his conditioning up his body up uh, in order to then at some point a week or so, maybe two weeks, uh, you know, uh, uh, get himself back into training camp. Because one thing we know about training camps, uh, if you're out on the field, it's 100%. Uh, 
all the time. And, and, you know, if he's not quite ready to do that from a physical standpoint and an endurance standpoint, you know, not playing as long as he has, maybe the right thing to do is, is to give him that ramp up period. It's a long season. I mean, it's a, uh, this is, and, and beyond that, right. Not just a long season, like in the case of Tyree Wilson, particularly what the Raiders hope to be a long, fruitful career, a partnership, right? Yes. Feet are tricky. You want to be as careful as possible, especially when, when getting the season started. So uh, as long as he – I mean, I think with with, with him, health is paramount before anything else, before anything he's doing week one, before anything he's doing at any point this season. you got to make sure that he is 100% healthy so he can be a part of this defense. It's a big-picture thing, not necessarily about this season. So I'm with you. If there's a ramp-up period, not the end of the world by any means. It's, it's, they, I think the Raiders knew where things were at with his status when they took him and kind of had the understanding that – Hey, it might take a little bit of time, but you don't want to rush this, especially with a foot injury with a guy that that's that's this big, this powerful, uh, plays the position that he does with that much contact. Take your time, let him get right before uh, unleashing him uh, out there with the new defense. Right, because the you know the reality of the situation is it's it's about you know uh, making sure he's ready to play week one, yep. um, and and a long time after that too. Like like you said, there's a whole there's a whole season and a whole career. Uh, to consider and, and, you know, just to, you know, you know, maybe want to save face a little bit or, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you drafted this guy seventh overall, everybody is going to, if, if he's not out there day one at training camp, you know, there's going to be stories written about it. There's going to be tweets. We all know that that's going to happen if that is the case. But you can't focus on that. You got to focus on the big picture uh, if you're the Raiders. And I would expect uh, that they would do uh, exactly that. So uh, what are your, um, you know, we're, we'll be out there uh, starting on Wednesday of next week, uh, right? Wednesday, I think it is, is the first practice or one of these days, the 20, 26th, whatever the 26th is. I'm in football mode right now. Forget days. Got to talk about dates and, and all that. What are your what do you, what are you focusing on uh, as we as we look ahead to the first day of training camp? Um, well, we got look a, a, a rookie class, right? A brand new rookie class, independently of Tyree Wilson, that I think is going to, I mean, certainly um, be worth watching, considering the place the players that they've added. How about Matthew Mayer, Vinny, right? The, the young tight end, um, big certainly big shoes to fill here. Uh, with with Darren Waller being gone, with him being in New York, Austin Hooper as well, the, the new tight end. You have a new tight end position as a whole. So, what is that group looking like? How quickly can Matthew Mayer uh, come to uh, get up to speed, and what kind of impact can he have uh, in year one playing uh, playing alongside a guy uh, in Austin Hooper that has, you know, of course, um, been a Pro Bowler in this league, been around for a while. I think big picture, right? Defensively, we know that this. I mean, it, like, like kind of we talked about on the pod, not not necessarily a, a rebuild, but more of a build, considering where you're starting from. Of course, you have building, you know, great building block and Max Crosby and, and see see what, what Chandler Jones does this year. Uh, bounce back, potentially a bounce back year for him. Looked like he lost some weight uh, over the summer. So we'll see what that means for him. But trying to build out a, a defense kind of from scratch. How does that process come together? Who steps up uh, in the linebacking core, in the secondary? Are, are, there, are there leaders that are going to emerge? Can that unit uh, improve? And then like you mentioned, Vinny, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo too, right? Like, like whether he's there or not, um, wh- whoever's manning the quarterback position, be it Aiden O'Connell, be it Brian Hoare, getting those reps, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, how quickly can that offense come together? Because there are going to be new pieces, Jacoby Myers being one of them, the tight ends that I just mentioned. Uh, you know what you have with Devontae Adams is as good as it gets in the National Football League, but how does this offense take shape with new personnel, with a new quarterback, uh, some of whom are from more familiar 
or have a pre-existing familiarity with Josh McDaniels and his system? How quickly can these things gel? So I think there's obviously a, a lot to look at, right? We, we we touched on certainly, I think, some of the bigger storylines, but this is, uh, I think, a critical year for the Raiders in a lot of ways because depending on, you know, you, you, you of course don't go into the season trying to be awful. I don't think that's that's what you're looking for by any means, but you do have a quarterback that's had some health issues before, and, and depending on how this thing goes, maybe you're in, in prime positioning uh, at the end of the season for a, for a top draft pick and, and a, a franchise quarterback. Not saying that's what, not necessarily what the Raiders want or don't want. I'm not necessarily sure. It's just that you have a precarious health situation with your quarterback, and without that position covered, somebody who's been as successful as Jimmy Garoppolo has been, considering the inexperience behind him, uh, it could it could you could be in for a long season. So it's multi it's multifaceted. You're trying to build out a defense, trying to establish an offense. You have some question marks. You have some injury concerns. Uh, a lot to kind of look forward to. So so I mean, from that standpoint, uh, how this thing all comes together is going to be huge. What do you, is there anything I didn't cover? Anything you're looking for uh, in particular as it pertains to, to this particular team at this point in time? Yeah, um, uh, you know the rookies for sure, Michael Mayer. Um, you know uh, he's somebody that. Uh, that that I think is going to uh, is going to hit the ground running. You know, just just watching him a lot at Notre Dame. All right, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Sue me. Um, but from day one as a freshman, and this is a team. His freshman year, they went to the playoffs. They were playing high level uh, of football, and nothing ever intimidated him. I feel like of all the you know players on of of, of, of let's just say this rookie class for the Raiders. He's the one guy that I feel he's kind of been groomed for all this. This is what he's been groomed to do. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a complete package at tight end. Uh, he could run, he could block. Uh, he could obviously catch the ball. He was highly productive. He was the guy, you know, and, and um, you know, I was, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Remember when Foster Moreau uh, had to kind of replace Darren Waller, right? Yep. Uh, and there were some drops and there were some, there were some issues. And I remember having this conversation with Foster and one thing that 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 he would say uh, sometimes is that you know his role with the Raiders was basically you know secondary to Darren Waller. He'd come in, he'd block a lot, he'd catch the occasional pass. That was his job. That was his life, right? And when Darren Waller went down, uh, Foster Moreau, you know, all of a sudden had to elevate to that role. And you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of anxiety uh, with that. And I think it may have you know maybe contributed to some of the some of the drops that he that he had um and if you go back to his college days you know he played at a stacked LSU team right um and i think he topped out at 27 catches one year and maybe 26 the year before you know i think he had 60 over 4 years or a little over 60 catches over 4 years at LSU all right so he was never the guy ever um and and that's fine you know that's 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 his journey but you look at michael mayer who had 180 catches mm -hmm. at notre dame well over 2000 yards 18 touchdowns he literally was the guy and i think that he embraces being the guy and he think i know at notre dame he flourished in being the guy so if he has to be the guy at tight end this year um and then especially when you're talking about alongside guys like Devonte adams and josh jacobs etc cetera, etc cetera, you know jacoby myers He's not going to blink. This is a guy that I think is going to hit the ground running. So I'm I'm really anxious to see what Michael Mayer is going to going to look like, especially early on. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm, I'm with you completely, and, and going to be some opportunity there. I think one other thing, Benny, that I'm also excited to kind of get a look at. How about the second year class, right? The the, the draft class of 2022. We talked about a little bit about what the opportunity would be like without Josh Jacobs. I mean, Zamir White, Britton Brown, like those guys are going to get an opportunity to showcase what they can do, certainly in the preseason and certainly 
with more reps uh, at camp. And then you had a couple, you know, defensive tackles, right? That like kind of red shirt years for him, Neil Farrell Jr., Matthew Butler. How much improvement have they made? Is there an opportunity for there to kind of force their way into the defensive uh, defensive lineman rotation? And, and what kind of impact might they have? So, you know, a lot of youth on this team to, to, to with that, that McDan- Josh McDaniels and his coaches are going to have the opportunity to mold and develop, you know, kind of started last year. How much improvement do those guys have? And how are these rookies going to, to leave an imprint uh, in 2023, certainly early on. Yeah, you know, when you mentioned all of that, it reminded me, uh, and you'll like this. You'll like this, Sam. I'm at the, I'm at the uh, Forum in Los Angeles, right? Yep. And uh, who am I seeing? Prince. Oh, yeah. You know, probably like the 15th time that I saw him in contract, in this con- uh, in, in concert. And uh, on this tour, it was 20, every ticket was $25. He would, he, he just, that's what it was. And nobody, there were no resales or anyway. So that's, seeing him for 25 bucks was insane right so uh at one point he's over at uh, his piano and he's doing a medley of all the songs right and it's one after another after another and you know you'd cheer you'd get into the song then he'd stop and start playing another song and then another song and then another song and then another song and then finally prince stopped and he looked around and he said hey guys we could be here all night doing this and i was like oh yes we can because you know he had such a volume of great work well, we could be at this all day long right now talking about all the subplots and all the the storylines, you know what I'm saying? And and, uh, and 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 you're right about the second year players, you know, particularly now Zamir White going to get his opportunity um, without Josh Jacobs being there. Uh, Britton Brown, who I thought looked really good during OTAs and, and mini camp, put a little weight on, um, felt like he was running a little bit more confidently than he did when I saw him, uh, you know, really in training camp was the last time we, we got an extensive look. Uh, you know, uh, at, at, at him, Neil Farrell, I think that Neil Farrell, um, I just have a sneaky feeling that he's going to play his way into a role this year. Still not quite sure about about Matthew Butler, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but then you go, you know, into what's really intriguing to me, Sam, are some third year players. Yeah. You know, Trevon, uh, Trayvon Merrig, Nate Hobbs, you know, Divine Diablo, guys that are starters on this defense. Um, that were starters on the defense last year, but because of injuries and maybe a little bit of circumstance with, you know, the uh, trying to learn a new system again in their second years uh, last year, there were setbacks for those three players. Uh, But now, I mean, if they can stay healthy, year two now in in Patrick Graham's uh, defense, you know, how much better off are they going to be? And how does that change the dynamic of the defense? So between those second-year players and third-year players, I think there's a lot to really take a look at. A lot of youth, Vinny, a lot of youth, a lot of young players to, to shape and develop. And, and again, you're this is, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it's not necessarily a rebuild, it's a build. So there's going to be opportunity there, uh, an opportunity for growth, opportunity for development. And like you mentioned, we could do this all day. going to be a ton of storylines uh, that emerge from the camp, the training camp as a whole. And, and we're only about six weeks out from, from some football games. So I think we're going to have a lot of answers um, relatively soon and have a feeling what this thing is going to look like one way or another. Uh, in a couple of weeks here, once this thing gets going. And if you can't tell, Sam's fired up, and so am I. Um, you know, uh, although I think you got a big – is 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 there a fight this week Spence, or is it – Spence Crawford, Vinny, next Saturday, July 29th, 147-pound supremacy will settle the first ever uh, undisputed champion at, at four-belt era at 147 pounds, Errol Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford, two of the best pound-for-pound fighters. Another massive event uh, in Las Vegas in the summer that's been full of them, right? We just had WNBA All-Star here. Uh, last weekend, the Aces are 20-2 and two, NBA Summer League and, and all of it leading right into Raiders camp in the NFL season. So a great time to be in Las Vegas. And next week is going to be fantastic, of course, with Fight Week and with Raiders opening camp. 
And uh, you know that we're going to be there every step of the way uh, and, 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 and loving every second of it. And, uh, and a shout out to all of our listeners and subscribers and readers uh, as well, whether you're checking us out on the podcast or uh, podcast and, and looking at our stories. Sam does always does great work uh, on that, that end of things. We've got videos, you know, we've got more podcasts uh, than you can shake a stick at. Uh, we got everything covered from sports and in this, in, in, in our particular uh, world, uh, the Raiders uh, without question. And, uh, and, and we do it all uh, thanks to the help uh, by uh, of Station Casinos, our presenting sponsor, uh, STN Sports, and obviously the, the Las Vegas Review Ju- Journal and Blue Wire um, are great partners um, in, in terms of uh, uh, bringing you uh, this podcast. And I've got to give a shout out to Larry Muir, our, our producer, who we always seem to have. We 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 keep him hustling, Sam. We got we we owe him we owe him something, man. Maybe a bottle of tequila or something like that, just to uh, to say thanks because because you know trying to get two sports writers into the building uh, or or you know even just for an hour or so somehow some way can be pretty difficult, right? It's it, it's just you know with with our schedules, it can, it's it's not always easy. Certainly can't but Larry uh, always patient always down to work with us and appreciate you Larry putting this together on the final Friday before football season uh, it all starts next week I can't wait Vinny I will definitely see you out there and uh, looking forward to more discussions on the podcast and beyond bring the sunscreen that's all I'm saying bring the sunscreen and on that note we'll check all of you guys out next week oh yeah we'll be back next week uh, with all the news and information that we've gathered uh, over the first couple of days of training camp we'll check you guys out then Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.